Greetings. Welcome to episode 2.11 of my podcast. It's August 10th, 2020. Today I want to talk about and recommend an Icelandic artist, multi-talented artist, whose name is Hildur Kristin Torstensen. Apologies for my imperfect Icelandic pronunciation, which I've been working on since 2016. I still have a long way to go. It was in the summer of 2016 that I got to know Hildur Kristin Torstensen. I quickly learned how multi-talented Hildur Kristin is. She sings, writes, performs, dances, directs, acts, and more. She has studied these things in various schools in Iceland, in Finland, in France, Paris to be exact, and the UK. And more than that, she is a natural-born artist. When young, she started sneaking out her parents' classical music CDs and listening to them. That passion ran deep and she started studying music at an early age. I once saw a beautiful collage she had made in her early years of composers and musicians who had inspired her. That's one of the many inspiring things I've seen from her. All this was simply in her soul. It was part of who she was and is. From the beginning, she has been this way. She published her first book of poetry in 2017, in both Icelandic and English. It's a bilingual book. It features the same poems in both Icelandic and English. I had the joy and privilege of going through the English versions with her, carefully adjusting things for a close match in both meaning and form. Poetry comes to her naturally. I actually saw it happen in front of my eyes. When a poem comes to her, it comes pretty much instantly, fully formed, with only the tiniest of adjustments that she may want to make later. For anyone who hasn't tried to write poetry, it's difficult to explain how rare that is to create a perfect poem, word perfect, the first time out, and it happened over and over. Her poems have nothing that shouldn't be there. It's all perfect in form, feeling, content, and in just every way. That's enviable and admirable. The poems have a directness and beauty that many who try to write to impress never achieve. With her, it all came naturally, and I believe more and more as time passes, that's the only way good poetry can be born. It can't be forced, and the more direct and the more elegant and simple the language, the better. When I say simple, I don't mean unsophisticated, because Simple language of the kind that I mean is actually the most sophisticated and the most lyrical. It's uncluttered, and that's super important in poetry. When it comes to her singing, well, the reality is, and I don't say this kind of thing lightly, I think people who know me know that I never praise anyone unless I really mean it. And the reality is that she has the most beautiful voice that I have ever heard. Her singing range is mezzo-soprano 
which does happen to be my favorite singing range. Her voice is simply perfect, beautiful, and clear. Describing a voice in words is, of course, hopeless. So I won't try to describe it any better. I want to mention a specific song that I heard her sing, namely "Amarelli" by a composer called Caccini. The reality is that her rendition of that song was more beautiful in every way than any other version I've heard. I really hope that she may one day record it. She sang it with exactly the right kind of clarity and strength and sensitivity. Those were perfect for that song. It was only years after I had heard this rendition by her that I learned what an important song that is. It was written at the dawn of opera. Around the time that opera was being born as an art form, that song is notable for how incredibly well it is written for the singing voice. That's not to say that it's easy to sing, but it falls naturally for the singing voice, and it doesn't require pushing in ways that would torture the voice in a most unelegant way. And I personally think it's a pity. This is just a side comment on opera, but I think it's a pity that not more composers studied that song closely. The way it treated the voice so beautifully, elegantly, and freely. Many opera composers went in the opposite direction of tormenting and twisting the voice because they wanted to show off and compose in ways. That would supposedly carry more emotion that way, but I personally think it can work the opposite way. More emotion can be conveyed by simply letting the song happen. I do indeed hope that she may one day record that song or perform it again. I should mention at this point that me talking about her for this podcast was entirely my decision. It was certainly not something she requested. In fact, I wouldn't talk on command of anyone. I don't think that that's the way it should work. I simply wanted to do this because I am very aware that none of us can know how long we are in this life and what may happen later. And as long as I'm here, I want to recommend people and works that I truly feel in my heart deserve it. I mentioned that she also acts. And directs, and the reality is that if at any point she wanted to do a podcast, she would blow me out of the water right away. First of all, because of her beautiful voice. Second, because of her special and unique personality. And I could go on. And of course, she would be wonderful for voice acting, as well as physical acting on stage, and all kinds of stuff. Her plans are her own. That's exactly the way it should be. I wanted to talk about her also because the reality is, I'm trying to find the right words for this, but the reality is that with most writers, for example, you can say that they write well and 
with a composer, for example, or singer, you could say that they compose or sing well, but these people might still be much like anyone else otherwise. But the reason Hildur Christine made such an impression on me, to the point that it made me rethink many things in my own life and in my own creativity, is that she is in fact a unique person and very special. The reality is that out of all the people that I've ever met and interacted with, she is the one with most creative potential, more than anyone else I know of. How she decides to use that is completely up to her. But speaking entirely selfishly, because I would love to see and hear more of her work, which I've enjoyed tremendously, whenever I had the chance to experience it, I would simply love to see her, for example, start recording her own albums, which she could do just like that, or giving concerts, which again, she could do easily, and people would come to see her, and she could start staging her own performances, which she may well at some point do. But again, I'm not speaking for her. I'm only speaking of all this because I want to be encouraging in this life to people who really have what it takes, people who are special. And also because I know that, unfortunately, often the ones with the most potential have the least support around them. Or the people may be basically supportive, but they may not be reminding the person or even sometimes pushing the person a bit in the most well-meant way to keep going after their dreams. I'm certainly under no illusions that my podcast has a wide reach, but for whatever it may be worth, if I were a legitimate book publisher, for example, or a record producer, or if I knew someone like that and was listening to this podcast, I would be smart and get in touch with her. I do stress again that I'm not speaking for her. She has no idea that I was going to record this. She has also written stage plays with just the same kind of elegance and directness as her other work. Her second book was a collection of short stories in Icelandic only. If I were a book publisher in an English-speaking country, I would be contacting her and seeking her out to make inquiries about publishing her work. She might or might not be interested. I am not speaking for her, but I do know that those stories would have an audience in any country in this world. However, a warning. I believe I know her well enough to say that she would not want to be contacted by anyone without a proven track record. Her experience and her talent and her skills completely justify that approach. I would assume, this is my assumption only, that she would want to be dealing with a publisher who has already been established for some time, not just someone starting out. And also, no one seeking to just benefit for themselves from contacting her should do so, they would answer to me. I would not take that kindly if my recommendation here led to anything unwanted. 
on any level. Putting someone on the same level as Ray Bradbury as a writer is the highest praise I can give. And with her, I easily do do that, put her on that same level. Well, if she ever learns of me having recorded this podcast, she may want to kill me, I don't know. She is a strong person with strong opinions, and that's another reason I admire her. But I felt I needed to do this as simply someone who has been in a position to see all these facets of her art and artistry. I feel I would be a lousy person if I had at no point discussed her work in more detail. I had mentioned her in passing in earlier episodes of this podcast, but I felt it was time to discuss her work at length. Few of us are born artists. She is, and I recommend all her work. With most of my episodes for this podcast, I've wanted to cover several topics, but this time I want to let things rest with this. Again, apologies that my voice is really not in good shape yet. I'm rearranging things in my own life to make recording a more regular occurrence, and I'm also going to increase the level of exercise I get quite radically soon, and that should all help. One more thought before I leave related to exercising. I decided that because it can be depressing to come home from gym and look in the mirror and stupidly expect the results to show right away. Of course they can't because it takes time for your body to reshape itself and for the muscles to build. It can't happen immediately after you come home. I thought I may set myself a rule which I'm calling a one-month mirror strike. This means that I will consciously avoid looking at myself in the mirror for one month, except to the extent that I have to when going through my morning routine, for example, or before going out. But other than that, I'm going to avoid checking myself out in the mirror for results. And after one month is over, then I will be allowed to do that, And that should also give me a better sense of the progress I make. Because if you're seeing yourself too often, then you usually can't tell the differences really. Or at least not as easily. So this is going to be difficult at first, but once it's over, I think I'll be happy for it. And that one month starts tomorrow. That's it from me this time. Good night.